SingingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been addressing some questions about the man, Christ Jesus. Now, God is one. And there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. This podcast will be on the man, Christ Jesus. Who is he? And why is there no epithet on the man, Christ Jesus, as a mediator? Let's take a look at the scriptures. It says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 5, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. That's the testimony. The testified is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Now, the anthropos, when it talks about the man, it doesn't use Adam or Enosh. It uses the Greek word anthropos, human-faced, man-faced. Now, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Notice the face there includes the body of Christ. Very important. When we look at the scripture, and 1 Timothy 2, verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. In Greek, there is no the. It's just there is one God and one mediator between God and men, man, Christ Jesus. As we see and take a look at the mediating, the intercessor. In Galatians 3, Paul speaking again. And this I say, verse 17, Colossians 3, I'm sorry, Galatians 3, 17. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Verse 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now we're focusing on the mediator. Galatians 3.20. Now a mediator is not, and notice that a mediator is there in italics, not in the original manuscript. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Now, read it without the a mediator in there in italics in your Bible. And it'll say, now a mediator is not of one, but God is one. Now, a mediator is not of one, but God is one. So we have a revelation there because in 1 Timothy 2, 5, we don't have an epithet of the man, which is Christ Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, or for there's one God and one mediator between God and men, man, Christ Jesus. Not holy man, not righteous man, not a glorious man, no uh, gracious man, just man and uh, our man faced and we're back to the face again in a nation turning from God said if the people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
will turn from their wicked ways, seeking my face. The face of God is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, what does that mean? Man Christ Jesus. Mediator, man Christ Jesus. Well, as we read, and this is from a commentary based upon the Greek, those who have not this one God, a mediator is not of one, but God is one. We found that in Galatians 3.20. Those who have not this one God by one mediator have none, nada, have nothing. Literally, a go-between. The Greek order is not and one mediator also between, which would signify or express another uh, separation from this man and God. While God may have all men to be saved as his will, it is by the mediator of this New Testament. All mankind constitute, as it were, one man. And we want to emphasize one man. All mankind, male, female, all. He is the head. And we, the members of the body of Christ, members in particular. So all mankind in man Christ Jesus. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, man Christ Jesus. That man constitutes all humankind, male, female. All mankind constitutes, as it were, one man. We'll see that in a minute. One man before God. Not a mere individual man. Not an anthropos, uh, a human-natured man, but constituting a whole. But the head. The head of all human race, all humanity. One representative, one representative man for the whole of all mankind alike. That is in himself, Christ Jesus, the whole human race and nature. There is no thee in the Greek. So, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, man, Christ Jesus. So, we're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as our intercessor. We have the grace and boldness to go within the veil in the holiest of all, the most holy place, through the man, Christ Jesus, who offered himself for all, not for just one or some esoteric group, but for all mankind who tasted death for every man. Now, as we see about this intercessor, as we see about the mediator in Hebrews 7, we see in verse 25, an intercessor, Christ Jesus. And it says in verse 24 and 25 of Hebrews, the seventh chapter, verse 24, but this man, because he continueth ever, he is continuing on of an endless life, eternity, who only hath immortality, 1 Timothy 6.15, hath an unchangeable priesthood. The other priests, the high priest, 
and the priesthood in the Old Testament could not continue on by reason of death. But this man, this man, because he continueth ever, forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore, because he lives forever, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Well, who's the intercessor? The Trinity Doctrine will say this is God, the Son, where the Scripture never calls him God the Son, but the Son of God, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, not the everlasting Son. So there's a revelation there in the Mediator, in the Anthropos. When we see that Jesus, this intercessor, who is this intercessor? Let's take a look at Paul again in the church at Rome. And as he speaks in Romans, and we see in Romans 8, that he says, likewise, this is Romans 8, verse 26, But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it, verse 25, verse 26, likewise the Spirit also. Now the Spirit is capitalized. There's only one Spirit. In Ephesians 4, there is one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, the Father of all, above all, and in us all. Likewise, the Spirit, capital S, also helpeth our infirmities. For you know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, capital S, itself, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart, who? The man, the intercessor. He that searcheth the heart, knoweth what the mind of the Spirit, what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is the Spirit itself making intercession. So the man is that spirit as the intercessor that in the days of his flesh was one of us. A man of Adam after the fall becoming our kinsman redeemer in his humiliation. And we have in Romans 5, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous. That is the humiliation. The God that humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, just like the Old Testament in Leviticus 16, laid aside his glory, his garments of glory and beauty, and took upon him the linen breeches and the linen garment, the linen mitre, Becoming one with the people. Our Lord, our great high priest, did the same for us. And by him doing so, became one with us. Hebrews 2 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise, himself likewise, took part of the same, that in all things he was made like unto his brethren. Hebrews 4.15, Tempted in all points, like as we are, yet, without sin. This is our kinsman redeemer, but this is in his humiliation when he made himself of no reputation. That is Philippians 2.6. And took upon him, he's in the form of God, and he took upon him the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man humbled himself to the death of death of the cross. He died as a perfect, spotless, blameless lamb, the, behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world in his humiliation, becoming one of us. 
one with us. Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As is the free gift is of one, so also as the offense is of one, so also the free gift is of one. A man lost it, only a man can redeem us back in the days of his flesh. But now we're talking about our intercessor. The mediator of the New Testament, as we see in Hebrews 9, that we're going to see a mystery concerning the cherubim of glory that have four faces. And in Hebrews 9, 5, Paul is talking about the tabernacle of Moses. And that tabernacle, he says, that is a, a worldly tabernacle with a divine service. And he talks about uh, the, uh, the altar, et cetera, and the manna. And then he goes down to verse 5 and says a very remarkable, remarkable thing. He says, and over it, that is the, the mercy seat, over it, the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat. Then he says, of which we cannot now speak particularly because the cherubim, there is the face, the four faces, and the four faces is of that man that has the appearance of a man in Ezekiel, the first chapter, which are visions of God. And he sees the cherubim coming out of the fire, enfolding itself, the color of amber, the hottest fire there is, as the appearance of a man. A man, just that we have here. So in the humiliation for our sins, God sent forth his son in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, verse 4, made of a woman made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. But in his glorification, Galatians 4, verse 6, God has sent forth the spirit of who? Of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In his glorification, Jesus is glorified with the Father's own self, and that is righteousness. The height, depth, length, and width of Christ, his height, is he is the Father of glory. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. In his depth, he became a man, a kinsman redeemer, one like us, after the fall and under the law. And what the law could not do, and that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Therefore, a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. But we're talking now of the mediator and his glorification. Now to appear in the presence of God. What to appear? Take a look in Hebrews 9 as he's talking about these cherubim of glory shadowing this mercy seat of Paul saying, which now we cannot now speak particularly about those cherubim. In Genesis 3, we have cherubim set at the east end of the garden of God to keep the way of the tree of life. Not to keep man or guard it, but to literally keep the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. God, that spirit of truth, the Spirit of God in that God cannot lie. The immutable truth is he's faithful and true. He cannot lie. And that's a capital C in Genesis 3, the cherubim. But they have their four faces. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. The cherubim proclaim the four faces of Jesus. Just as we see in the four Gospels. They will have the cherubim, a face of a lion, face of a man, face of an ox, and face of an eagle. 
That's what we see in Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mark, the gospel according to Mark. He is the face of a perfect man. Luke, the gospel according to Luke. He has a face of an ox, a suffering servant. And then in John, that of an eagle. Lion, man, ox, and eagle. A capital C, cherubim, at the east end of the garden of God, placed there to keep the way of the tree of life. Capital C. But now we are to have this treasure in earthen vessels. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but they have four faces, as proclaimed in the line, man, ox, and eagle, in the cherubim, capital C, which is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Not an angel. Nowhere do we claim that to be angel, but the Lord himself. And now we see visions of God in Ezekiel 1, and we see in Ezekiel 10, these are the cherubim, coming out of the fire and an appearance and have the appearance of a man. And each of them had four faces and each of the four faces, they had lion, man, ox, and eagle, the same as Jesus Christ. That's exactly what Paul had stated. For God shone forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit what we're saying is that man in 1st Timothy 2 verse 5 the mediator is that spirit in glorification not just a human man a singular singular individual man but before God and we have access to that throne of God in that man Access with boldness. Now that the way into the holiest now is made by the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now we enter that most holy place, the holiest of all, with boldness. And we see there in Hebrews 9, verse 21, well, that moreover he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry and almost all things by the law are purged with blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens, now these things are things not seen. Faith is the substance of things not seen. It's this substance Faith is a substance. That faith there is given of God to us. We live by the faith of the Son of God that now lives in us. The Spirit. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, have a Father, one and the same Spirit. That's Galatians 4, 6. And the pattern of things in heaven shall be purified with these, the heavenly things themselves, with better sacrifices than these, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God, for what? For us. So how do we sit together in heavenly places? In Christ Jesus. Now, as we take a look at Romans 5, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. And it's by revelation. Who is this servant? Who is this man? Isaiah 43.10 tells us, Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that invisible spirit of God that is omnipresent everywhere, that is omnipotent, all-powerful, almighty, and omniscient, all-knowing. That Lord, the Jehovah 
Yahweh, Yehovah, the Spirit of God, thus saith the Lord, and my servant, the man, the visible declaring of him, the expressed image of him, his own servant, and my servant, whom I have chosen. Isaiah 43.10, thus saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, God said, that you may know and believe me and understand. Not Nicene creeds, not a Chalcedonian definition of uh, the God-man, not uh, oneness theology, there's a man standing at the right hand of God and a physical individual man. But the Lord Jesus himself as the head of the body of Christ, preparing a place for us to make to set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Collectively, in Adam, all sin. But in Christ, we are made alive. The key is in him, by him, and through him. Collectively, in the body of Christ. Not through our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. And that righteousness is that he is God, John 16, proceeded from the Father, came into the world, in an express image of himself, his own body. And we see that in Isaiah 43.10, Thus saith the Lord and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself, a body of flesh and blood, the man, Christ Jesus. See now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now let's take a look at that. We know there that there is but one God. Paul talking about God's many and Lord's many. And this is by revelation. Of course it is. That's a mystery of godliness. That God, 1 Timothy 3.16, was manifest. God himself was manifest in the flesh. Well, who is that? Well, that's God manifest. The Son of God is the Father revealed. The expressed image of his singular person. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. Paul talking in 1 Corinthians 8 talks about God's many and Lord's many. 1 Corinthians 8 verse uh, 5, for though there be that are called gods, little g-o-d-s, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lords many. But to us, this is uh, verse 6, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6, but to us, those that believe, there is but one God the Father of whom are all things. And we in him. Well, there's your Ephesians 4. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, Father of all, and in us all. There it is. Then it goes on and says, and one Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how many lords are there? One body, one spirit, one Lord well, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. First, when in the Father, we're in him. Then, one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Well, what does that mean? God is one, and Jesus is God, and our intercessor, our mediator, is that spirit, but it says man. At man is Jesus the head and we the body of the Christ. Let's take a look over here at Colossians 1, 15 and 16 and see what this by is. We in him, that's a father. 
that is an eternal office of the Spirit of God and his function as a creator of all. We're in him, and we see then the one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things, and we by him, in him, by him. Let's take a look at what the we in him and by him mean. Colossians 1 verse 15 says, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. You want to see God? Take a look at Jesus. Said, you believe in God, believe also in me. You've seen me, you've seen the Father, John 14. He states in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, when asked about the Father, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. But what does that mean? In him, then by him. Well, let's take a look. Jesus Christ, who's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And here's the by. For by him were all things created. By him? Well, who's the by? God by him? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, Dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Well, all the world is held together by the word of his power, word. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, eight, Hashemayim, Dayat, Hayerts. Seven Hebrew words. And here it says, Jesus, that all things were created by him. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God, is and is to come God. We find that in uh, Revelation 19, 13. His vesture his dipped in blood. His name is called the word of God, Jesus Christ. The word of God, yes. And it says, for by him. By who? Who's the him? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Here's the word. What is the word? A separate spirit from the Father? No, it's a separate office. It's a separate function. Uh, God said, let there be light. And there was light. How did God do it? By his word. He sent his word, and the word was made flesh. Had he sent his son, the word was made flesh. We find that in Galatians 4, verse 4. The word came to Mary. Said, you're going to have a son. And he shall be called the son of the highest. For that which is uh, born of thee is of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. And he will save his people from their sins. Emmanuel, God with us. Well, who is this? And God said, let there be light. And God said, everything that God created was by his word. Well, the word is God. It is the Father. It's the same spirit. But when the spirit Father, then the administrative office of the Spirit speaks of Father. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He is the expressed image of that Spirit that is invisible, that is everywhere, omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. You want to see God? Jesus said, look at me, John 14. Well, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. How's that? By the Word. And without Him was anything made that was made. The Word is the Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man. And we find there in John 1, 14, and the Word was made flesh. Then we go to 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, the only begotten Son, the only begotten One, the only begotten God, He hath declared Him. 
So in his humiliation, he was a man made it under the law to redeem us that were under the law. But after his death and resurrection, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name and glorified him with his own self. John 17, 5. Now we have a mediator. That mediator is not an individual man. Well, somebody said, well, he's standing. He made him sit at the right hand, standing at the right hand of God. That is not car, a physical right hand. Neither is it an individual man, their singular individual. At the right hand, he did not say car, a physical right hand. He used the word dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S, which is exaltation. To be lifted up in his glorification, he was glorified with the Father's own self. Then what did it say the mediator? Man, Christ Jesus, because in that man includes us, the body of Christ. Now we can get before and come in boldly into the holiest of all by Jesus Christ, the mediator. And because that he is the mediator of the New Testament, we find that in uh, Hebrews 9 verse 5. Now, the covenant, the better covenant, the new covenant, is there for us because of him. Jesus Christ in him alone, by him, in him, and through him, that we have access to the throne, and that is the Father of glory, which is an eternal office of the Spirit. Well, the word's an eternal office of the Spirit. That's the expression office of the Spirit. The Father is the administrative office of the one Spirit. The Word is the expression office of that same one Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that same one Spirit. We find that in 1 John 5, 7. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and three, three, these three are one. Heis, H-E-I-S, one in the self-same Spirit. A different function, a different office of that Spirit, but still the same Spirit. In Hebrews 9, he talks about there, now Jesus Christ is now to appear in the presence of God for him. No, for us. That's the key. That's Hebrews 9, verse 24. By one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. How are we sanctified? Through that truth. Thy word is truth. What's giving light of the word? The spirit itself maketh intercession according to the will of God with groanings that cannot be uttered. Romans 8, 26, 27. So who is this man? It's not car, a physical right hand. It's dexios, an exaltation, a glory. What glory? The glory of the Father. In his humiliation, he was a man. Made in under the law. And Adam after the fall. But in his glorification, there as he came out of the tomb, in his glorification. We have Jesus coming out of the tomb, resurrected on the third day, and said, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. Now, he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And that where I am, there you may be also. Well, he's in the earth in the, uh, to appear in the presence of God for us. So now we have access there through him, through the mediator, the mediator of the New Testament. And that's the reason why he is that mediator of the New Testament that we see in Hebrews 9. And he talks about those cherubim of glory with their faces, but he said, I can't speak 
particularly about it, but he goes on and expounds as much as he can in a Pentecostal season, knowing that we, in this tabernacle season, will go on into a present truth of a higher glory and a higher revelation of Jesus than what they had in Pentecost. He says, Christ being come and high priest of good things to come. Those are things of faith that we receive in the things that are not seen, the eternal things. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of bulls or goats, but by his own blood. He hath entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Not for him, for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling, the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God in his humiliation, he became one of us. Glorification is glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5. Father, glorify me with thine own self. With the glory I had with you before I put it off, I want it all back. That's the reason why in Acts 2, 36, let all the house of Israel know surely that same Jesus, whom you crucified, God, hath made him both Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, only one Lord, and Christ, Christ the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, that Holy Spirit, and made him both Lord and Christ. Jesus said so in John 2. Destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. He offered himself without spot to God. He purges your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The circumcision of the heart by baptism for the remission of sins. The circumcision made without hands. The circumcision of Christ in putting off the body and sins of the flesh by baptism. Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. That's a circumcision made without hands, a spiritual, through the operation of God, a spiritual scaffold, cutting off the foreskin of your heart, the body, the sins of the flesh, cut off, circumcised by baptism, taken on his name. As many as been baptized under Christ have put, him, have put on Christ. How do we do? We're crucified with Christ. What? No, you're not. As many of you were baptized, were baptized into Christ's death into his burial, buried with him in baptism. And Romans 6, 1 through 4, Romans 6, 1 through 4, raised to the newness of life, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed by baptism. And there, he says, uh, it purges your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hell, by literally, those been baptized into Christ have put on Christ at your wedding garment. And for this cause, why? Because of his death, burial, and resurrection. He has obtained it. He obtained that name. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. He obtained it for us, not for himself. He's always been God, but for himself. He's always been Jehovah. But for Jehovah to be salvation, he had to save somebody. That is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. My God has become my salvation. Who is that? Isaiah 43, 10 through 16 says, that's Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand. I am he. I am that servant. I am that man. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Came of the world. The Father revealed. 1 Timothy 3.16. Through his death, burial, and resurrection. Shedding his own blood. Take heed to yourselves over all the flock with which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. 
to feed the church of God, which he's purchased with his own blood. Acts 20, 28. And he said, for this reason, for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. What is that? This is the blood given for you, the blood in the New Testament given for you. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called, many called, few chosen, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Well, this testament, a testament has to have the death of a testator. A testament is uh, unilateral. They don't, it's only one way. A covenant is with two or more. But a testament is for one. And it requires the death of a testator. It's the will. The testament is the will. If you make a will out and you say this is the last will and testament of and you leave it to your heirs. Well, it's not in a covenant with anybody. It's whatever you state. Well, Jesus has that testament. It is the will of God. It is the New Testament that we have from Matthew to Revelation, which is the Old Testament revealed. And that that required the death of a testator because it was under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Now he's going to bring in a New Testament. That requires the death of a testator because it's the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That blood is the power of that New Testament. The power in the New Testament is the blood. The blood in the New Testament. Somebody said, where's the blood of Jesus? Well, it's, it joins you from, from heaven to earth. That's the reason he sprinkled things not here only, but into heaven itself. And it says here that for where a testament is, there must be a, a death necessity of the testator. For a testament is a force only after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Why? Because Moses then, he, he, he sprinkled not only the, uh, the book, but the people as well, making them one with the book, with, that, with the law. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water. Always have the water because the blood is not applied without the water. Jesus came not by blood only, but by water and blood. And scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, joining them in one, how? Through the blood. Saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath appointed and enjoined, put you in there with it, joined together with it. He that's joined the Lord is one spirit. That's the reason he's the head. And that man is a corporate body that allows us to appear before God through his blood, by him, in him, and through him, access unto the holiest of all. Moreover, he sprinkled both the blood with the blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. Everything that we have there in Moses' tabernacle was through the blood. Now, and almost all things by the law are purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary, essential, that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, not an earthly tabernacle, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Because before, mankind couldn't. We had uh, separation from God the law was given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful but by the knowledge of the law sin that didn't save us by the works of the law no flesh should be saved it was weak in the flesh therefore Jesus 
to fulfill that law and every jot and tittle of it, then and everything keeping the law, take his ministry at age 30 because the high priest there in Numbers 4 took his office at age 30. Fulfill the law as a man, not as a God-man, as a man. A man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. How low did he go? He become a man just like us, a kinsman redeemer just like us, to redeem us that were under the law. And then progressively glorified his own human back to himself, keeping the law, and then after being baptized of John and Jordan, and after fasting 40 days, the Spirit drove him immediately into the wilderness. He is that Spirit. He always has been the Spirit. God giveth not the Spirit by measuring to him, not from the tomb, but from the womb. He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. But he made himself of no reputation. Let aside his glory. Took upon himself the form of a servant. That servant is God. Isaiah 4310 says so. Made in the likeness of man. Been found in fashion as a man. God found in fashion as a man. Emmanuel, God with us. Humble himself into the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Who raised Jesus from the dead? Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. Just like he said to those over there, I'll pray the Father. When he as a man, one of us, he's praying to the Father just like us, showing us the way, the truth, and the light. Even though he is the Father of glory, he has made himself of no reputation to literally fulfill the law as a man and then take that law, the ordinance of the law that's contrary to us, nailing it to his cross, thereby making peace, breaking down the middle wall of partition. And where did he go? Well, we know that he says in Revelation 3.21, to him that overcomes will I grant to sit, S-I-T, sit down, sit with me in my throne. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame, and him set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, but S-E-T, a state of glory, forever settled in heaven, a table set, a, a essence and being that's always been set. Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and him set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne, not beside it, not car at the right hand, but a dexios, a high elevation glorified with the Father's own self set down in the throne with all power. But why mediator? So we can get there. A corporate man, man Christ Jesus, it didn't say holy man, righteous man, gracious man, no epithet there at all. Why no epithet? Well, because... It is the essence of being a corporate body that he brought in there that will get in him, by him, and through him in the presence of God to appear before God in his presence through his own offering, through his own sacrifice, making him the mediator of this New Testament, making it applicable to us that believe. So therefore, there's not a man sitting at the right hand of God or standing at the right hand of God. That is dexios. It means all power, all glory. So somebody said, well, Stephen, when he was stoned, saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He saw all power. And then, calling upon God, he said, Lord Jesus, calling upon God, Lord Jesus, receive you my spirit. Not Father, receive my spirit because of Jesus at your right hand. This is by revelation. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. There's a mystery of God and, and of the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Of course there is. And only those of a pure heart going to see God. But that is why it's so essential and necessary to believe there's only one God. There's God's many and Lord's many. But to us that believe, there is only one God who is the Father of all, who is in us all, and one Lord Jesus Christ, and we by him. What is that? That's the word. 
It's not another spirit. All things were made by him. How? By the word. And God said, in the beginning is the word, the word was with God, the word was God. All things were made by him. And without him, that's the word. That is the Father of glory. That's the word. That is the Spirit of God. Jesus, while he was there in the days of his flesh, in his humiliation, being one of us, our kinsman and redeemer, he said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Shall be in you? Jesus in you? Yes, he said, I will not leave you coverless. I will come to you. That's as expedient that Jesus go away. For if he goes not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. Why? Because he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Glorified with what? With the Spirit of God, with the Father's own self. That's a promise of the Father, which saith he, Jesus said, you've heard of me. This is the spirit of the Son now. Because all the Father has, and he's loved me, he's given it unto me, all power. So Jesus said in John 16, which is righteousness, the days that come, you'll ask me, and I say not, I'll pray the Father for you, for the Father's given all things to me. All power in heaven and earth is given to me. And when you understand that, it's through that mediator, the spirit itself, your intercessor. Romans 8, 26, 27. The spirit itself maketh intercession. That's your intercessor. That's the mediator of the new covenant, the new testament. Jesus Christ, through his own blood, that blood where? In, shed for you in the new testament. There is none other. That's the only way, the truth and the life. There's not another. And thereby, Jesus, he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. So as we are not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind, we read the Word of God, the New Testament. We're applying what? The blood. We're drinking the blood. Where's that blood? In the New Testament. We read it. We get revelation. You're feeding the inner man, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Well, then who lives, Paul? But Christ liveth in me, and the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. What did he say the Father? Well, it is the Father. We find that in Ephesians 4. One spirit, one, uh, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. But he said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave himself for you. That's the reason the mediator, the anthropos, that we will come into the same exact image of Jesus Christ through faith that he that hath begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the author and the finisher of our faith. Who authored it? Who gave you the faith? God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. What is the faith? Substance of things so far, the evidence of these things. How was it purchased? By his blood. By who? How do we get it? Well, the, not the Father. You can't get to the Father except through this blood, which is the mediator of the covenant, Jesus Christ. That means he's standing at the right hand of God. He sat down with the Father in his throne. All power on earth given unto him. Then who is he? Who is this man? Well, 1 Corinthians 15.45 tells you who he is. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Well, who's this second Adam? Who's this last Adam? He's a man. Yes, this last Adam was made a quickening spirit. It's him, in him, by him, and through him that makes you alive in God and appear in the holiest of all, whereby you can enter with all boldness. 
There's your mediator, the spirit itself. The spirit itself, Christ Jesus. Who is he? First, that's First Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate. That's the omnipotent. That's the almighty God, just as Jesus said he is in Revelation 1.8. He is a blessed and only potentate. To us that believe there's only one God. There's God's many and Lord's many. The Father, we in him. And one Lord Jesus Christ, and we by, we by him. What's that? That's the word. Same spirit. The Father, the word. The Father speaks his word, and it creates. But the Father and the Word and the Holy Ghost are one and the self, same spirit. 1 John 5, 7. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. We're one and the self, same spirit. There, John 10, 30. He is, 1 Timothy 6, 15, the blessed and only potentate, Jesus only. The omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing. Omnipresent everywhere. God Almighty. Who only hath immortality? He only has immortality? I thought Enoch went to heaven. Now, yeah, he was taken. He, would, he didn't ascend. Neither Elijah. There's only one. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. John 3.13. Who only hath immortality? Jesus only. Where did he go? The blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality. Dwelling. That is a permanent dwelling. Dwelling in the light. Which no man can approach unto nor see nor can see. That is no other man. He is a blessed and only potentate. He humbled himself to be one of us. But then is his glorification. God himself, glorified with the Father's own self, all power in heaven and earth given unto him. And through that Son of God, which is the Father revealed, he brings us to the Father there to appear before him. And when the final end comes, then the end will come. Then cometh the end when he, the Son of Man, he, the federal head of all the body of Christ, will deliver up the kingdom, which we are in, to the Father, that he may be all through all and in us all, 1 Corinthians 15. These are eternal offices. He is the Father revealed, yes. There is no other spirit. But he uses the Son of God office because we are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And through the offering. And his exaltation. We, the body of Christ, are made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus through him and by him who we have our inheritance. So don't let any man tell you there's a God man up there, God's spirit, and the man is just a man, an individual man sitting at the right hand of God. No, you don't have the revelation. And it goes into greater depth than that. This will suffice to say now. But it goes into a higher glory with the cherubim that Paul could not speak particularly about, which are the four faces of Jesus. And that is the man face, which includes us. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Anthropos, man face. That face, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. We'll get into that revelation in the higher glory in tabernacles, not Pentecostals, but tabernacles through these cherubim, the work of the ministry in a later podcast. Don't believe in a God man. The man is God. And when you see that revelation, You'll have the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Bother, you want to see God? You want to see the Father? It's none other than Jesus Christ. Well, if you have questions, let us hear from you. 
we love to hear from you. God bringing his body into one, into the unity of the faith, into the knowledge of the Son of God. And we love to hear from you. The body coming together as one, not through denominational creeds, doctrines of dogmas and different catechisms and whatever, but through the Word of God. We love to hear from you. Join their uh, uh, bone to bone and the joint supplies of the edifying of itself and love. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.